0: Good evening and welcome everyone. Tonight's class is titled Tzadik, Bainini Russia, <clears throat> and you. Sadik the Righteous Person, the Russia, the Wicked, the Bainini the Intermediate, and you. Who are you, what you can become. You know, previously in last week's class, we discussed This is last week's handout. We discussed how there are two souls parallel, one to the other, almost exactly identical. And each one of these souls has ten faculties. Each one of the souls has its own set of garments, thought, speech, and action. And this week, we're going to start off... Do we have that sheet? This is from last week. Do you have a spear? Yes. This week we're going to start off looking at where do the two souls abide? And you look at the top picture, (coughs) it's an awesome picture. If you look really carefully, you could see in the middle of the fire, in the back of it, do you see those words "Likute Amarim?" It says "Klek Rishon, "Hirabb is shame, You could actually see the, in back of this picture with this person and the brain and heart. You could see the words of the opening page of Tanya. Just to show you that, those words were taken from this page right here. These few words are in the background of that picture. Now what's so cool about that picture? Well, it's showing you that there are two souls. One of the souls is in the, in the, is in the brain. One of the souls is in the heart. Which soul is in the brain? The animalistic. The godly soul. But, but the
1: godly soul be close to the heart?
0: Let, well, let's get back. Good question. Good question. The godly soul is in the heart. And the animalistic soul... I'm sorry. The godly soul is in the brain. The animalistic soul is in the heart. So comes Liz and she says, shouldn't the godly soul be in the heart? Could anyone answer that question based on what we've learned? The animalistic soul is also in the heart. Sorry, the godly soul... I'm getting confused. Let's, Let's repeat this. The godly soul is in the brain. The animalistic soul is in the heart. Comes Liz and says, but the godly soul should be in the heart. And Liz is right. The godly soul is also in the heart. But where is its focus? What is the ruler of the godly soul? Its brain. And this is a very important part to godliness. The brain ruling over the heart. If we would say the godly soul's primary residence is in the heart, then the moment you have a desire, you'd lose control. Because your heart wins. And that's what happens to the animalistic soul. It's in the heart. The animalistic soul is controlled by the heart. The moment it has a desire, it goes haywire. When we say the godly soul is in the brain, that means the primary part of the godly soul is in the brain, but certainly the right ventricle, as we mentioned, the left ventricle is where the animalistic soul is within the heart, and the right ventricle is where the godly soul is. Did I answer the question? Good. Okay. So we have two full sets Two full souls, one in the heart, one in the brain. And each one of these souls hates the other with the ultimate hatred and passion. The godly soul says, there is no room for the animalistic soul in my body. The animalistic soul says, there's no room for the godly soul in my body. And there's no compromise. You know, you don't say you're half a Jew. You don't eat half of a non-kosher sandwich. No, it's either one or the other. The godly soul says pure godliness. The animalistic soul says pure animal. Go all out. And this is a serious fight. Say it again. Uh, This is a serious fight. And and we, within our life, I'm sure each of us could think of the moments where those two souls are really fighting. Can I borrow this picture again? And, And that's the fight you see right here, this young man. He has two souls. The animalistic soul and the godly soul. This is from last week again. But you can see on the advantage. there's two full souls fighting over every person. But why did Hashem create the animalistic soul? Why? And essentially this goes to a much bigger question. Why didn't God make us perfect? Why did Hashem create evil? Anyone remember? We mentioned a, a muscle, an, an, an analogy to answer this question. Does anyone recall again, the question is, why did God create evil? Why do we need the animalistic soul? Garrison, please.
1: Isn't that so that we, we can struggle to get closer to Him? Because without, without that obstacle, we don't really have to
0: struggle. Exactly. And I'll just to re- uh, paraphrase the, the example given. Exercising free will exercising free will. Fantastic. I just want to repeat the analogy because it really hits the point. The, ki- the king had a son and the king wanted, the Zohar says the story, the king had a son and the, and the king wanted to test his son's inner strength. And he hired a harlot to try and test his son and to try and seduce him in any way possible. So now let's think about this. Is the harlot supposed to really try and seduce the king's son? Yes, if he doesn't try, if she doesn't try, then she's not doing her job. Is she gonna be satisfied if the king's son doesn't you know, false prey to her? No, she'll be sad because at the end of the day, the king's gonna be disappointed. And the Zohar says that that is exactly who the animalistic soul is. The animalistic soul, is here to tempt, to tempt us, to try and make us fall into temptation. But the animalistic soul itself is going to be sad if we fall prey to its own endeavor. So exactly like all of us said here, everyone said, Hashem created the animalistic soul to test us, to make us be able to withstand. Hashem created the animalistic soul to bring out the best within us. But unfortunately, if we slip, we could slip very far. So in summary, we've, we've mentioned there's a godly soul, there's an animalistic soul, the godly soul is in the brain, the animalistic soul is in the heart. But now, let's look at the heart. There's five different types of a heart here. And really, as you'll see, there's, see, there's millions of types of hearts. Now if you ask the doctor, ah, Dr. Ozen, how many types of hearts have you, have you uh, studied? <laughs> Healthy ones and sick ones. There's one one or the other. (laughs) We're going to discuss tonight five types of a heart. We're going to discuss a completely healthy heart. We're going to discuss a heart that has a little negativity in it. We're going to discuss a heart with 50% bad within. We're going to discuss a heart with 90% bad and 10% good. And we're going to discuss the heart that is basically 100% not good. And these pictures, I want you to know they're completely mine. If you don't like them, that's fine. You could argue with me, just to clarify. All these, the, the, these pictures, etc., they're my own, and if you don't like it, that's fine. You know, this is not, I'll forever not write this. But I was trying to, I wanted to create some visual to clarify the five types of souls, we've, the five types of people we've discussed. We've discussed the tzaddik Vitoval, tzaddik Veralo, the Benini, the Rasha Vitoval, the Rasha Veralo. And momentarily we'll translate and get into them. But I figured that this would be the best method of understanding. Let's try. And again at the end please share with me your thoughts. We have the ultimate Tzadik. The ultimate Tzadik is someone who has no bad within his heart. Only good. He's the man in blue. He's the, the blue heart. Full Tzadik. How many of these full tzaddikim Exist In every generation 30,
1: 30. 36, 36
0: I'm not going to choose a number There's 36 hidden tzaddikim mm-hmm. hidden, But full tzaddikim Complete tzaddikim I don't know a number But I do know That Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said Raisi b'nei aliyah Rabbi Shimon Bar Yachai said There are very few Whatever the definition of very few are the true tzaddikim is very few in every generation. Okay, then we have a tzaddik. Sadik tzaddik virallo. A tzaddik that he's 90% good, but is still... And I put it, if you'll see, I put it in the right side. Actually, now I'm getting confused. If you flip it around, that's the person's left. It's, it's, I think it goes like this. I put it on the left mistakenly. But if, when you look at it, it's on the right side. Because, remember, on the right side... So- I'm getting so confused. <laughs> Let me <laughs> On the right ventricle is where the godly soul is. The left ventricle is where the animalistic soul is. So, Dr. Yosef is in the correct place. <laughs> okay, look at that. It's in the correct place. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, within the left ventricle of this tzaddik, there is still some Evil. But he's called it sadik. Why? Because the good is at least 60 times the bad. And like we have in kashrut, if you have something non-kosher that fell into some to a pot of kosher and there are 60 times the amount of kosher relative to the non-kosher, the non-kosher is non-existent, we say halakhically. We're not worried anymore. You could eat the whole pot. We say that one piece that fell in is non-existent. Same thing here. This incomplete tzaddik, he has bad, but it's very minute. It's as if it's non-existent. How many types of tzaddikim in such a form exist in every generation? Thousands. Myriads. Tens of thousands. So we have the tzaddik. And if you'll see, next to the tzaddik and the, the complete tzaddik and incomplete tzaddik, it says, no sin. They never sin in thought, speech, and action. The difference between the two is not if they sin, it's if within them there's any evil. Both of them won't feel evil. But the incomplete tzaddik, nonetheless, has evil there. The Bainini, on the other hand, it's 50-50. He has no sin. This is the catch, as you see. The Bainani has no sin. But nonetheless, the evil is active and the good is active. Mm -hmm. Ha ha! So how does he... If it's 50-50, how does he always win? Hold that question. That's going to be the focus of the next page. (laughs) We'll get to that. But the Benini is fully 50-50. How many people are Beninis within this world? Hopefully everybody. We'll talk about it in a moment. We'll get back to that. Russia. you have again? You have on the top the complete Russia. I mean, it's clear what's going on there. There's, there's no good. Then you have the incomplete Russia, which is, on the right side, there is still some good within him. He still has some good. But unfortunately, again, that good is 60 times bad. And the good is, is non existent, or however it is, but the good is, is limited. These are the five types of people. Again, we have the complete Sadiq that is only good, we have the complete Russia that is uh, only the opposite of good, we have the incomplete Sadik that is mostly good, we have the incomplete Russia which is mostly not good, and we have the fainini, which is 50 50. Any questions? Are we going too fast? The Baini. The bainini means Bain, Bain means between. Bainini is the middleman. I have a question.
1: Please. Um, I think it's. I'm quoting correctly, but I may be misquoting. But it doesn't it say in the Talmud somewhere we're talking about the Yetzer HaRa that without the Yetzer HaRa there wouldn't be any babies born, and there wouldn't be anything accomplished in the world, something like that? Yes, completely. So, so does that is is the Yetzer HaRa at, at all like the animal soul, or are they analogous or something? Or no.
0: Yeah. Why? Yeterhara means evil inclination. That's bad. The animalistic soul is not bad. The animalistic soul is an animal. And if you could get the animal to support the godly soul, you're in the best shape ever. The animal soul, like its name, we call it an ox. It has energy like never before. The godly soul is calm. So the ultimate is not to destroy the godly soul, the animalistic soul, god forbid. The ultimate is to take the animalistic soul and stick it into the godly soul. To take, to harness the energy of the animalistic soul within the godly soul.
1: Isn't that what you're supposed to do with the Yetzer Hara, also?
0: I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sharing a, speci- a specification, so uh, maybe I'm sharing something beyond what you asked, but I'll share it anyways. Oftentimes, people look at good and evil as a good inclination and an evil inclination. In Tanya we're learning completely different. We're learning there's a good person and there's an animalistic person. There's not inclinations. The inclination, the evil inclination is a small part of the animalistic soul. That small part you should try to, you know, uh, separate yourself from. But the animalistic soul as, a, as an entity, as with all the full faculties of it, try and harness it within mm-hmm. good. Meaning this guy, this, he could be used for tremendous things, and use him out. Does that make sense? Okay.
1: So Using the animalistic soul does, doesn't really have an inclination... We're not saying it's good or bad, but it it focuses on f- physical things. Correct,
0: and correct. And naturally, that would be a bad thing. So the, the re- is the red animalistic or evil? The red is evil. Okay. The red here is evil. Okay. We have a little question. Not a little. Let's say we have a, there's a big question right now. And that is When each and every person in this room was born An angel came to you And made you swear What was the oath you made? Each and every person in this room made, swore I will be a tzaddik this, this is a quote That each and every one of you said And let's all raise our hands We'll, we'll say the quote, let's say it together I will be at tzaddik. I will be at Sadiq <laughs> this is what you said the Alta russia and I will not be wicked and the our oath went on and even if the entire world tells you you 're righteous imagine you 're wicked this is Right seconds before you were born, you made this oath. Are you familiar, Phil? You've heard this before? Right before a child is born, an oath is made. How could we make you swear be a tzaddik? How could I make you swear be a tzaddik? Not everyone can be a tzaddik. It's not even fair. I'm making you swear something you can't be. So we explained, the oath is not be a tzaddik, be a true tzaddik, no. The oath was try your, try your best to be a tzaddik. Don't be satisfied with being the middle man. You must try to be a tzaddik. You must try your hardest to emulate and truly become a tzaddik. What's, why? Like You'll never be a tzaddik. So why are you trying to be a tzaddik? Well two things. Number one is by trying to be a tzaddik, you'll always stay closer good than bad. You know, you... But more importantly, <laughs> we learned, if you remember about the idea of, of pregnancy, we learned that within our soul, our soul can become pregnant with another soul. Even, even if someone <laughs> has a lower soul, Within their own soul can come another soul. Do you remember this idea? Because if you don't, I want to share with you it's connected with tonight. No. Nope. So let, let's share it again. Why? Why? Tomorrow, tonight is Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow, after davening, everyone hopefully will take their sidder and you're going to open it up to a section called the Nasi. And in a blue sidder, This section is going to be tomorrow's reading. It's going to be on page 391. That means tonight. Tonight and tomorrow is the same day. So today, each and every one of us is going to say the following, and and I'll quote the English. May it be your will, Lord my God and God of my fathers, that in your great kindness you will shine upon the holy souls that renew themselves as birds, and sing and praise on, and sing and praise and pray on behalf of the holy people of Israel. Hashem, bless, bless all souls. I'm going to skip a moment. May it be your will, Lord my God and God of my fathers. Each and every one of us is going to say this. May it be your will, may, may it be your will, Lord my God and God of my fathers, that if I, your servant, am of the tribe of Judah. The Torah section whose print I have recited today, then bless me. That's basically where today we're going to ask Hashem, if we are from the tribe of Yehuda. bless us.
1: But we don't know which tribe we're from.
0: Well, some people do. Some people do. A knows which tribe he's from. So does he not
1: say the other ones?
0: A Kohen and Levi know which tribe they're from and still they say it. They say all. Still they say, Hashem, maybe from, from the tribe of Reuven, Shem, Levi, Yehudah, Yisachar, Zvulun, Don, Haftali, God, and Asher. Yes, from Ben Yamin. Right, 12 tribes. So the Kohen, which knows he's from the tribe of Levi, he still says, Hashem, from, from the tribe of Yehuda. That doesn't make sense. And even more than that. There's a 95% chance I could tell each and every person here which tribe they're from. And not because I'm a prophet. I'm not a prophet. How could I know? chance which tribe all of you are from. Actually, uh, to give you a real number, I can give you a 50% guess. I'll be 50% right, 50% wrong. Why? Because remember, 10 tribes were lost. So everybody in this room is from one of three tribes. I'm almost guaranteed none of you are from the tribe of Dun and Naphtali, and Gad. all those tribes were exiled. And the morale of Prague says, we're never gonna find them until Mashiach comes. So what's going on here? We know, practically speaking, that we're all within three tribes. Within your soul can come another soul. Within your soul, you may have your soul, of course, but you may also have a soul from another tribe. And that is why, even though all of us may know where our primary soul comes from, but we have the ability to draw within us a positive, another soul that can influence us, and that can be from any tribe. That is why even the Kohen and Levi, which know which tribe they're from, say, May it be your will, God, that i from the tribe of Yehuda, which I know I'm not from, still bless me, of course, because this new soul which I have been, is this the true word, impregnated? This new soul which I have, um, which, which has come inside of me. Maybe that soul is from Yehuda, And let's, we, we read this clearly in Tanya. Let me read it again. I'm not making this up. I know Sandra's like, maybe this is not I'm your <laughs> Just one moment. How can a new soul be another tribe? What's the contradiction? A man and woman don't have to be from the same tribe.
1: But isn't it passed down through... Oh yeah, I
0: thought we were supposed to right. intermarry That was only the for the generation which went into inside of Israel. Oh. Just one moment.
1: So if you're coneing, that's down your father.
0: Here, just to read it in English. Perhaps the spirit from above will descend mm. upon him
1: mm.
0: and he will merit something of the spirit that is rooted in some tzaddik that will attach itself to him. Clearly in the Tanya end of chapter 14. That again, within your soul, you have the ability to draw down the energy from another soul. So when we, when we ask prior, why are we all saying, let's be a tzaddik, we'll never be a tzaddik. Well, maybe you can draw down within yourself energy from a tzaddik. Likewise, can you draw down energy from a Oh, you're asking a tough question. You know, I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna guess that unfortunately you probably could. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But why would you want to do that? In other words, here we're saying, you're trying, you're actively working to do it. I mean, hopefully you work. Yet
1: this is active.
0: That's what, yes, yes, yes. That's what's understood from the time, yeah. Okay.
1: I don't want to, I know this is a tangent. Please. I'll be really quick. Please, Um, please. There's stories sometimes of, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody, you you read them, somebody was maybe born for a few years and it turned out it was the soul of a very righteous person. Yeah. And they had to do one more mitzvah or something like that. We talk about things like that.
0: No. No. That's a separate story.
1: That's what
0: I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, completely. There's something called Gilgal. Uh, there are Gil. times when one soul didn't fulfill its task mm-hmm. and has to come down again. That's a separate story. That's a story where the same soul has to come back down. Here I'm t- telling you that it's possible for one person to have his, his soul, but then draw down within his soul a second soul. Don't ask me to explain this. I don't fully get it myself, of course. <laughs> but I'm, I can share the, the concept, it's clear. That we have the idea to draw down within us the soul of a greater person.
1: How long does that soul stay with us? Or how? I, I wish I knew. <laughs> and you are solely responsible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, so now we're going to switch gears. Until now we've discussed the different types of people. Why does your soul have to have the similar tribe soul attach itself? We're saying, let's take for example, we're saying man and woman are, are, it's one soul. But nonetheless, the two souls could come from different tribes. Right, but isn't the tribe passed down through your father? Correct. But none, so that's why there's a, pr- there's a primary soul. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. You know, Garrison said before about Gilgal. Sometimes one soul can come down again. So this other soul coming within you, maybe it's a tzaddik. But this tzaddik was from the tribe of Yehuda. And he's connecting with you. So if you're from Shevet Ben Yamin, and you have a tzaddik from Shevet Yehuda connecting with you, so now you have two souls. Your 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 additional soul is from Sheva Yehuda. It's, it is but deep, we don't know. and 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 I understand. I understand that it's hard to understand. But I will tell you one last point before I take your point. I do want you to know, there are stories today of people who have had within them other souls. It's like a little spooky subject, but I'm going to share it anyways. There, we, we do have documented stories from with the last 10 years where people were having psychological issues and they went to great rabbis and the great rabbis said, within you is trapped another soul and we have to basically l- get rid of it. Mm-hmm. These things do happen. So,
1: Get rid of the second...
0: That means the extra soul has to leave, right? Isn't
1: it? sounds like it is. It is. Okay. On, on Shabbos you have a, mm-hmm. uh, an additional soul? Isn't, isn't that... Yeah, I was yeah, that yeah. Is that sort of analogous?
0: That would be different. Because that, that's not this. That's you have another soul. Here we're saying someone else's soul comes within you.
1: Oh. And we're receptive to that other soul. Uh,
0: oh. On Shabbos, we have an addition, We have our own additional soul.
1: Yeah, but not the one on Shabbos.
0: Right. In general. Yes, so generally we're receptive to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's focus now on the Benini. Whoa. And that's really the focus of this whole section. Each and every one of us can be a Benini. But we ask, if it's 50-50, 50% good, 50% bad, how could you have Sin and put a red on top of it and say no sin. How could he say the he has never sinned? <laughs> he, he, you should say he sinned 50% of the time, he was a tzaddik 50 he was good 50% of the time. What tools does, does the he have to stand strong? And so on the next page you'll see I put the word tools and we put two pictures and I think the pictures again are, are tell-telling. Tell-telling, however you say it. The first picture we have it's called Mayach Shalit Al Halev. The brain is ruling over the heart. Why? There's a famous story of Remendel Futterfass. Remendel Futterfast he was, unfortunately, imprisoned by the Russians for spreading Judaism. A whole story, but he once shared how he saw a tightrope walker. He saw a man walking on a tightrope. Exactly. And I believe this picture is, that, is a depiction of that story. Mm-hmm. And he asked the man, he said, how did you do it? How were you able to do this? How were you able to be 30 feet above ground, on a thin rope, one wrong move and you're, you know, you're not here anymore? How were you able to do it? And the man answered, he said, I was able to focus my mind, look straight. And I'll lose focus. His brain was able to control his heart. His heart was telling him it's scary, but his brain was able to rule. Mayach shalat al That's the first tool that every human being has. Is that you, Hashem created us with the ability for our brain to control. So even if it's 50-50, it's not really 50-50. It's 50-50 plus the brain that rules over the heart. That's the first tool that we have To control the negativity, the evil within us. Now, tool number two is a little bit of light dispels a lot of darkness. You could have a pitch black room and you light a candle and the entire room is affected. It could be a tiny candle, but the entire room is affected. All of a sudden, it's not a pitch black room. It's a dark room. A little more light, a little... You put, you put a little light in the candle, you put a little candle in the corner, the entire room is illuminated. And the same thing is with godliness and evil. Evil is darkness. Darkness is fake. Darkness is not a thing. Darkness is just no light. All we need to do is illuminate that darkness and the darkness disappears. And that's another tool that each one of us has. <laughs> what, what is the tool? It looks over here, it's 50-50. It's not really 50-50. The moment you start doing something good, it's all of a sudden much more 75-25. The good is going to overpower. These two tools are the tool set of the Bainani. Again, the fact that naturally your brain will always be able to rule the heart. And second of all, the fact that a little bit of light dispels a lot of darkness. But how do we activate these two tools? How do we turn the on switch? If you follow the red arrow, arrow so this little man, he, right now it's pulled off. How do you put the on switch? How do you ignite the brain rolling over the heart? How do you ignite good? And that is one way, and truthfully one way only, through prayer. You see over here, people, they're in shul, and they're focused, they're meditating through meditation, through prayer, through thinking about the greatness of God, through thinking about the lowliness of falling into, into temptation. You know, temptation lasts for just as long as you're involved in it. There is nothing that lasts further. The most exciting temptation, you eating, or whatever it may be, it, it doesn't last forever. Good lasts forever. You ask, so, someone did something good, <laughs> weeks later they'll still be talking about it. If you had an amazing pizza, you'll, you'll talk about it for five minutes and that's, that, that's the end of it. So now we have the on switch. Now the bainini his tool set is on, he's ready to work. And now we need, the bainini needs to know that he is a real person. What he is doing is true. Truth. You know, oftentimes, we may feel doomed for failure. But if the knee is on, he's focused by prayer, he realizes how evil, bad, temptation has, has nothing to it. Godliness. What could be greater than connecting to the creator of the entire world? This is true. This is what Hashem wants from you. When, when any of us do this, we have, we're fulfilling our, our life mission. We're being a true person. And that's a very important point. Because oftentimes we have challenges and every challenge feels like, oh, another challenge. And we feel like we're not getting anywhere. But the Bainani needs to know that don't worry. Every step you take is true. That's what Hashem wants from you. And you are fulfilling your life's mission. Hashem is ecstatic. Hashem is so proud of your accomplishment. But within this bainini, within each and every one of us, within this bainini who is constantly fighting, within the sorry, I mean within this middleman, there is there are two types. There's one who's constantly fighting, and one who the fight is over. Meaning, there are some things in our life which we take for granted we're never going to do. The moment we could still have 50% good, 50% bad. But the moment we're in a position where where we are in a safe zone, we don't need to worry anymore if we're going to do good and bad, We're we're in a good place. And we all like to be there. I can tell you for myself, the best scenario in the world is to be in safe ground. But the moment we hit safe ground, we're not called a servant of God. The moment we say, here I am, I've accomplished. We're not a servant of God. Because, well, there's no fight anymore. We're not serving God. A servant of God, to serve God, means that you're actually, you're going beyond the safe zone. And you're willing to challenge yourself even more. Now, be careful. You don't want to take a bad plunge. You don't want to take a bigger challenge than you could handle. But the moment we're in safe zone. We're not a servant of God. And that's this, the picture of, you, of this man pushing the rock up. To be a servant of God, you have to constantly be pushing up. The moment you're, you're steady, you may be a bainani. you're a good person, but you are not the ultimate person. You're not, ser- you're not a servant of God. Are there any questions? Oh <laughs> <laughs> what's so great or why? Why? Why, why is someone who goes ahead and he is constantly on the pushing ahead? Why is he a servant of God? What is he doing so great that makes him a servant of God? He's struggling. He's struggling. But what's so great about struggling? What is great about struggling? What's great about someone struggling is And the only way he's struggling and winning is because he's revealed something deeper within himself. If someone is, is within a safe zone, then they're also not revealing the depth of their heart. They're not revealing the depth of their soul. What's awesome about a servant of God is that constantly, the essence of their soul is being revealed. The only way they're able to constantly be plunging further is by constantly having their soul active. But now comes a problem. Not all of us have the ability to activate our soul. Not all of us have the ability to focus on godliness and really connect. And I was struggling, I I spent a, a substantial, perhaps hours, trying to find a picture to define what does this mean? That a person could love God emotion, um, could love God intellectually, but not emotionally. And then I found online that there's truly a love. And, and this picture, actually, you see here, there's a name for it. I, I, I forgot. Dr. Joseph, what is it called? When you love someone intellectually, there's a name for it. It's a really cool thing. You could, you, you could fall in love with someone intellectually. A platonic love? I'm not going to try and repeat it. Maybe. It's <laughs> <There's laughs> opposite it. of I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, but what, but this, over here, this picture was that point. They were trying to share how two people, they connected and they really love each other intellectually. Mm-hmm. It's not.
1: When please, you say intellectually, do you mean you're falling in love with that person's intellect? Uh,
0: so good. This picture, what they were defining correct, was where you truly are falling in love emotionally with them, but because of their intellect. And that's not what we're discussing here. Thank you for... for we're discussing here where it is only intellectual. You truly love them intellectually, but it's not emotional.
1: That's not, and that's not what the Benini is, right?
0: This is the Benini. This is... To be a Benini, even someone, every person, Every single person is able to create an intellectual love. How could you not? Take an hour and do nothing and just think about how you are human and Hashem is not physical. Hashem is greater than every single thing in this world and yet He puts every single thing aside just for you. How could that not bring out an intellectual love for Hashem? There's no greatness necessary to love Hashem who loves you and he's so much greater. Does that make sense, Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yes and no. Please, go ahead. Okay, I get the the intellectual part, you have to think about it, but then it should turn it into an emotional love of a shame. Is that not correct?
0: Sometimes. Sometimes our emotion our, sometimes our emotions are not connected enough to our, to our intellect to do that. For example, okay, a simple example. Simple example. Someone comes to you and says, you should... Uh, let's take marriage. Imagine your parents come to you and it you 27,000 reasons why you should marry this person. You may still never love them, even if you thought about it forever. Right? You can't force someone to marry someone. Love is beyond... Intellect But with Hashem The only way we can love Hashem is In a sense, intellectually Because Hashem is not physical You're able to connect with someone Just one moment You're able to connect with someone Visually Hashem is not physical We're not able to see Hashem so our love for Hashem has to come through our contemplation. Does that make sense, Gersh?
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just saying, from my perspective, Natural. what begins it would begins as intellectual. After you've contemplated, you begin to have a greater appreciation. One
0: hundred percent. The only point. The only point I'm making is not everyone will be able to create that love, but naturally, hopefully, you should be able to create that love. Yes. Yes, thank you. Maybe
1: that's called intellectual, I guess. As opposed to emotional.
0: Yes. Yes, Sandra.
1: Well, this image had me think about myth of Sisyphus. And I didn't realize, I didn't remember if I was remembering right. That somebody Mm -hmm. is condemned to push a rock up a hill for the rest of his life. But it's a Greek myth. And it's seen as... Hmm. A negative, horrible situation, and that's—I was trying to get it out of my mind, and, and I'm still trying it, to get it out of my mind to focus on you. He keeps, keeps rocking down, down and he's—he's yeah. condemned forever to keep.
0: Well, I, I, I'm out. sorry. I'm sorry to hear that because the Talmud, one of the things the Talmud shares with us, is Hashem will never give you something you cannot handle. Mm-hmm. So that is completely false. Mm-hmm. Judaism tells us. The Talmud tells us. There is never something you have that you cannot handle. That's the famous story of the community where everyone complained to the rabbi, they, and they said, Rabbi, it's too much for us. I want, I want to have, ah, he has a lot of money. I'd like to be like him. And the rabbi says, you know what, no problem, everyone. You, you've heard this before. The rabbi says, everyone, tomorrow, write down your package and put it inside of my basket. And everyone will pick out a new package. Everyone will, and they're all thrilled. They throw in their package. And the next day, the rabbi mixes it together and each one pulls out a new one. And they come back a few days later saying, I'd rather be, be myself. Mm-hmm. Why? For one reason. Hashem gave you and only you the power to have your package and pull through. And if someone says they can't pull through, I'm going to be tough here, mm-hmm. but that's because I have the Talmud backing me. Mm-hmm. They're not saying the truth.
1: Mm-hmm. They're
0: not saying the truth. They can pull through. There is never a situation... A person cannot pull through. You may need to reveal deep energy within you. You may need to go within yourself and find some some find some inner reservoir. I'm not saying it's, it's external. You may need to work hard. But you have the power to pull through any challenge you ever brought.
1: No, I was just thinking how um, I'll personalize it. I, in my assimilated life, have assimilated all sorts of these views and the first image and stereo I think of is not the Talmud, it's the myth of Sisyphus.
0: Got it. Well...
1: Black. The Greek myth
0: <laughs> I, I hear, and uh, it's something...
1: It's also symbolic of the eternal struggle, which is a positive thing in the context of what And that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. That was
0: the reason yeah. I brought it, was to share yeah. that right. that so right. struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to conclude and that's something we also there's two chapters we've learned is each and every one of us Jason um, remind me your Hebrew name again Yosef Yosef Hello Shlomo Moshe Mendel Dr. Yosef Phil what's your Hebrew name Phil? Tzvi Tzvi Hmm. Yishai Gershin Sandra what's your Hebrew name? Sarah Sarah what's your Hebrew name? Masachar Mashachana, Basha, and Chayaliva. Each and every one of us can be a Bainini Each and every one of us have the ability to not sin in thought, speech, and action. And it's a it's a big task, but it's possible. So let's summarize, and then we'll wrap it up and take questions. In summary, we have a godly soul, an animalistic soul. A godly soul in our brain, an animalistic soul in our heart. Each one is fighting the other ferociously, saying, "I want to be the only, only winner." The complete tzaddik has been able to remove all evil. The complete Russia, unfortunately, has been able to get rid of all good. The incomplete tzaddik is majority good. The incomplete Russia is majority not good. The bainani is 50/50. How does the bainani pull through? If it's 50/50, he has two tools. Number one is. His intellect naturally, the intellect of every person, <laughs> naturally controls the heart. And second of all, just a little good dispels a lot of bad. How do you activate these two things? How do you make sure that your brain is going to actually... Unfortunately, we, we know, we see people that their brain is not controlling their heart. How do we make sure that our brain should control our heart? How do we make sure that, we, that the little good should illuminate the bigger darkness? by spending time every day in prayer and meditation, connecting with Hashem. And when we do this, we're being a true person, a complete person, and and we have to never be satisfied where we are, always working for, for further. And even if we're not able to create an active love of Hashem within our heart, and it's only an intellectual love, that's enough. And this, each and every one of us can do. Are there any questions? I didn't
1: understand the, um, the heart picture here. It's sin is
0: underneath the evil part. I mean, it says no sin. Right. So That's correct. There is, there is not good within your heart, but the not good has never activated your thought, speech, or action. Oh, okay. Meaning, that, yeah, there is some evil within you, but nonetheless, the garments of the godly soul have always won. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it's not so unusual to struggle sh- so hard to love Hashem.
0: We're going to learn that not only is not uh, unusual, but that could be all Hashem wants. He wants you to struggle. Yeah. <laughs> there are some pe- there are people Hashem says, I want you to be a tzaddik. You don't need to struggle. There are other people, the Bainani, which their entire life is a struggle. It's 50-50. Their entire life, and the majority of us, we're 50-50. That means our entire life is a struggle. That's why we learn, in Pirkei Avos, we say, don't be confident in yourself until you die. Because there's a struggle every single day of your life. Okay, thank you everyone very much.